Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Oh My Allergies podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Valencia. And if you are new here, the Oh My Allergies podcast is a podcast about all things allergies. Whether you have food allergies, seasonal allergies, skin allergies, or even your pet has allergies, Oh My Allergies is a safe space for discussions for those that need a bit of advice and support from someone who understands their struggle. Let's learn how to navigate life and learn how to thrive with our allergies together. Hey guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. It is Valencia here. If you are not subscribed to the Oh My Allergies podcast, then make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice. Also make sure to follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at Oh My Allergies. My Instagram is at Oh My Valencia. Make sure you take the time to leave us a review and a rating over on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify and keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about something that I don't really hear that many people talk about in the allergy community. And being that a lot of people are either, you know, going on spring break or coming from spring break and the weather is getting to feel a lot more springy and summery, I feel like this is a really good topic to start talking about. And it is, can you actually be allergic to chlorine? So that is what I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. I'm really excited about talking about chlorine and talking about swimming because growing up I was in a pool whether that was during spring break or whether that was during the summertime for summer camps or for leisure or whether that was doing a little bit of competitive swimming. So this episode is for all of my swim fiends out there that find themselves in water in chlorine in specific and they experience certain symptoms. So whether that's eye discomfort, I know I've had my fair share of dealing with eye discomfort or dealing with different rashes or hives or flare-ups. So I thought this would be a really good topic as we moved more into spring and summer. So before I get into today's topic, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on with me. So what's been going on with me, like literally yesterday, I went to a carnival with my line sisters, which was actually surprisingly fun. And I say surprising because when I think of the word fun, carnival is definitely not the first thing that comes to my mind. But I did enjoy myself and had a good amount of fun there. I was able to make sure that I brought my auto injectors with me just in case because at a carnival you are bound to come across food and you don't really know whether or not these people that are holding these food booths and trucks and things like that, that they're practicing, you know, cross-contamination practices to make sure they're avoiding that and making sure they're avoiding cross-contact. So I just wanted to make sure that I am feeling safe in my different environments. So I made sure that I brought my auto injectors with me and I also told them about my allergies and I actually have some new ones. And when I did some allergy testing a couple months ago, um, I documented that on the Oh My Allergies Instagram page. So if you do not follow the Oh My Allergies Instagram page, you definitely should. 
um, because I kind of showed you guys and talked a little bit about my allergen testing experience and going to an allergist. Um, but yeah, I went to one a couple months ago and I found out that I am allergic to peanuts and I'm also allergic to a few other things as well. But my main allergens that are the reason why I have to carry an auto injector is because of my macadamia nut allergy as well as my peanut allergy. And so my allergist had deemed those as being the allergens that I like absolutely need to stay away from. And so I'm planning on actually doing like a whole episode about my allergist experience and how I went about finding an allergist and medical gaslighting because when I was when I was doing trial and error with different allergists, I definitely was dealing with a lot of that as well. So just talking about all the things like that. So definitely make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss out on those episodes. Um, but that was really fun going to the carnival and my line sisters were pretty good about making sure that I wasn't exposed to my allergen from them like one of them was about to purchase like a caramel apple and I was like well is it anybody getting anything with like macadamia nuts or peanuts or things like that and they were like oh well I was just about to buy something but I will you know not buy it or if I will then I will make sure that it is closed in a contained container in that it will not be exposed to you. So that made me feel really good about the fact that they were very supportive and accommodating towards my allergies, especially in a world where we deal with people not taking allergies really seriously or anything like that. So I definitely do appreciate um, having people in my life that actually care about that type of stuff when it comes to me. So that was actually a pretty fun experience this past weekend. What else has been going on with me? I've been dealing with these like crazy knots in my back and it's been absolutely killing me. Like I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, Oh my gosh, my back is hurting me so bad. And I think it's because I sleep kind of weird. <laughs> and like for me, like because I deal with some back issues at times. And so trying to find the right spot to sleep in is kind of hard for me at times, especially with pollen season being in full force. Like it's even harder for me to go to sleep at times, like on most days and stuff. So really being able to get that good amount of sleep has been kind of hard. Um, my dog recently went to the doctor and she had to get some tests done to figure out why she's dealing with this certain, um, what is it called? I think it's called periorbital alopecia, which pretty much just means that she's dealing with hair loss around her eye. And it's only one of her eyes, which is really odd. So I'm currently waiting to hear the results from the test that they sent out to the lab. So please send your good vibes and prayers over to my dog and I, because we would really greatly appreciate it. In terms of uh, things that I've been watching lately, last I told you guys that I was watching Temptation Island been trying to watch it but have not really fully been able to get into it and it's just not doing it for me this season for some reason I think it's just really like boring this season and it's just like too much for me like I feel like they go more so for like wow factor in terms of like doing things that are like super super crazy where it's like dude like you don't need to be doing things that 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 crazy like it's uncalled for so not really been feeling that show so I think I'm not going to really watch it this season just because of all of that I'm still watching softball I am so excited about the three game series between the Oklahoma Sooners and Texas Longhorns oh my gosh it's going to be so good I am like genuinely excited for that game and that series starts on a Thursday. So it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. It's going to be so good. I'm definitely going to be watching it on my television because 
those are like really two solid teams. You guys know Texas Longhorns are my team for softball and Oklahoma Sooners like they are just known for having a really good softball program and they like consistently go to the Women's College World Series. So that's definitely going to be a good game because they both fight till the end. But that is pretty much what's been going on with me. So with that being said, I'm going to get right into my foodie likes because I got some new ones and I'm so excited that I finally have new ones because I feel like when it comes to my foodie likes, at least lately, I've not really been going out and trying stuff that is like new. So I've been eating a lot of the same things that I've talked about on the podcast before, which I feel like is pretty normal. Um, But I always like to be able to talk about new things as well. So I'm so excited to share my foodie likes with you guys. So one of my foodie likes, it comes from the brand once again. It's their sunflower seed butter and it's their lightly sweetened sunflower seed butter. And I was kind of hesitant with trying it because when I saw lightly sweetened, I was like, oh no. When I see lightly sweetened, like I have my own version of lightly sweetened and nine times out of 10, it does not match what said manufacturer thinks is lightly sweetened for any type of brand so when I saw lightly sweetened on this sunflower seed butter I was like okay like is it like really like lightly sweetened I almost said lightly seasoned but that that doesn't make any sense for the sake of sunflower seed butter anyway so I looked at the nutrition facts really felt good about it I was like okay like there's not that much sugar in it. it feels really good I can eat it it's safe blah 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 let's try it I tried it and I also got some rice cakes like some like salt free rice cakes to put it on oh my gosh guys like this sunflower seed butter it is so good it is nice and creamy and smooth and I just really like it and this is like my first time really feeling good about a sunflower seed butter from like the grocery store and actually not having a lot of ingredients in it and it making me like not feel weird like it's not full of like any additives or anything like that so definitely felt really good about it and actually just recently got another one but that was like the last one that they had at the store so I'm like man like everybody else is like going to buy this stuff and I'm like no like it's mine so definitely gonna see if I could find it either like online or maybe they might have it in stock again at the store the next time that I go so fingers crossed for that another thing that I've really been liking lately it's from the brand Rishi it's their chaga chai tea concentrate and I saw it at the grocery store and I was like oh this might be something that's cool to try because I usually like to try to like change it up when it comes to my beverages because like I drink water like all the time and there's absolutely nothing wrong with drinking water I highly recommend you drink water if you don't drink water because there's so many people that like don't drink water and I think that's like mind-boggling as to like why they don't drink water like how can you go through a whole 24 hours without drinking a bottle of water like to me doesn't make any sense to me I drink at least like two to three like 32 ounce water bottles a day like minimum so I can't even imagine like not even drinking that anyway tangent um so I try to like change it up and try to be able to have like water sparkling water unsweetened tea just different things to be able to change it up when it comes to beverages so I saw this tea and I was like huh this might be really good to try so I tried it and I really liked it I only just use a little bit of it because you really don't need that much because if I use like too much of it it becomes like really really sweet and like like I just said for the sunflower seed butter 
too sweet is really not my thing at all and so I really just like the flavor of it it's really nice and it's a really good drink to be able to have if you don't want to have like coffee all the time because I am a cold brew slash iced coffee girl really love it it really helps with being able to get things flowing if you know what I mean so highly recommend it for that um but I feel like if you don't want to drink coffee a lot because sometimes I go in phases where I don't want coffee like that I feel like this is a really good uh substitute for it and it kind of gives you that energy because of chai tea being black tea so there is going to be a little bit of caffeine in it but overall I really like it and I highly recommend it and I usually will mix that with some non-dairy milk and make like a little latte situation so highly recommend that but those are my foodie likes that I want to share with you guys and with that being said let's get right into the allergy news. So in honor of the worst season in my book, aka pollen season, this week's allergy news article is titled The Worst Places to Live If You Have Allergies in the U.S. Like I said, we are in the spring, which means with the spring comes all of those pollen allergy symptoms that we all hate to have it's when you cannot take breathing through both of your nostrils for granted it is the time of year where you're like wow why do I have issues with pollen can't we just be best friends like come on now like I don't wish these symptoms on literally anybody as a person who deals with pollen allergies myself and pollen literally almost took me out this past weekend as well as my family. So this list is coming from this website called boldtv.com. They say that every year the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America publishes a list of the worst cities in the U.S. for allergies and they rank them based on pollen scores in both the spring and the fall and the availability of allergists. And so with that being said, let's get right into the first city. So the first city that they mention in this article is San Antonio, Texas. They talk about how, according to a local allergist there, the sheer amount of ragweed plus heavy rainfall just makes a great allergy cocktail. So they say that people who live in San Antonio, Texas should really look out for more than just the high spore levels because of the amount of rainfall that they get. Mold is also a serious allergen within the area as well. In conjunction with the local air pollution just being really just bad and forcing those that have respiratory problems to stay indoors so it's just all around just not a great place to be according to the AAFA which is the Asthma and Allergy Foundation of America. So the second city that they mention is Richmond, Virginia. They talk about how actually in 2020 they had the absolute you know distinction of topping the actual list of worst places to live if you have allergies but in conjunction with the high pollen counts and the humidity that is there it's just very brutal environment if you have pollen allergies. Um, another city that they mentioned is McAllen, Texas. They said just like Richmond, Virginia in 2020, McAllen was the worst city in the country for allergies in 2018 and they said because of the abundant natural water sources because of it being near the Gulf of Mexico. It just makes it 
fertile land for agriculture. And so because of that, people with allergies will have to deal with so much pollen because of that. Um, Another city that they mentioned on this list is Wichita, Kansas. They said it's one of the windiest cities in the U.S. and it has so much grass and so many trees. And because of that, that means that there's going to be a lot of pollen that's going to be traveling just across a lot of different distances just very, very quickly. And so it is known as being the perfect storm for people with allergies. And then the last city that this article mentions is Scranton, Pennsylvania. Uh, They talk about how it jumped all the way to the top of the list from 47th in 2018, which that is so low on the list and then just jumping all the way to the top in 2018 that's like absolutely crazy so they say that it is ranked as like one of those places that if you have allergies it's just not going to be a really good time for you and they talk about how if you want to live in a place that is in the U.S. that's a little bit easier on your allergies then like Seattle Washington is the place to go But if you guys want to be able to read the article in its full entirety, I kind of gave a little brief overview of it. Like always, the Allergy News articles are linked in our show notes. But with that being said, let's get right into today's episode, which is all about can you actually be allergic to chlorine? Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about. Like I say in these types of episodes, I'm not a doctor. Um, I'm not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be either of those things. These are just things that I know from personal experience and research that I've done. And I encourage you all to do research on your own as well. So like I said, today's episode is all about whether or not you can actually be allergic to chlorine. So if you've ever swam in a pool for fun or even as a competitive swimmer, then you may have noticed yourself experiencing certain symptoms like dealing with eye discomfort, like I mentioned earlier, having red itchy rashes, hives, or even flare-ups of eczema. Like I kind of hinted at growing up, I actually swam a whole lot. I practically lived at the YMCA. I did the whole swim lessons thing, then went to be on like a swim team for like 0.5 seconds. I mean, if you spend a lot of time in chlorinated water, then you know what it's like to have your eyes like burn like absolute crazy. Like it flipping sucks and I really just don't wish it on anybody because it's like the absolute worst and I even started wearing goggles and it would still get under my goggles the chlorine water from time to time and I was like ah my eyes my eyes would be like bloodshot red and it was just like the absolute worst well like some symptoms like those are more along the lines of having a chlorine sensitivity and really in fact you can't actually be allergic to chlorine but you can actually be sensitive to it or even have a reaction to it and they say that studies have shown that children and kids with allergic sensitivities are actually more likely to develop nasal allergies as well as asthma if they swim frequently in pools, which is really, really crazy to think about. And if you've never stepped foot in a chlorine pool and you're like, Valencia, what the heck are you even talking about? I'll explain for my non-swimming friends. So chlorine is a chemical that is added to pools and even hot tubs to kill bacteria. So usually in especially in pools, the chlorine level is like insanely high because low levels of chlorine might not just be enough to minimize bacteria that is in the water. However, 
higher levels can actually result in you experiencing eye and skin irritation. And so chlorine sensitivity, it can occur when swimming pools increase the amount of chlorine. So like, for example, in response to like different health scares or other different things that could be floating in the water that's like how and why uh, swimming pools might be increasing the amount of chlorine so like a health scare like E. coli for situations like that and so finding facilities with lower chlorine concentrations may be able to help with your sensitivity and like when it comes to chlorine reactions it can include a lot of different things it can be itchy red skin or hives which are itchy bumps for like simpler terms and actually according to the ACAAI symptoms for a chlorine skin sensitivity can include that skin redness that I just mentioned tenderness inflammation and or itchiness at the site of the contact skin lesions or a rash you can deal with scales or crust on your skin you can deal with those hives that I mentioned, aka uticaria. You can deal with raised patches or bumps. Um, you can just deal with so many different types of symptoms and reactions to a chlorine sensitivity. Now, you know, having these kinds of reactions aren't allergic reactions, just to be clear. You know, they are more so a chemical burn, so that irritant dermatitis. It's not really an allergic reaction. So irritant dermatitis, it is a non-allergic skin reaction that pretty much occurs when a substance is either damaging your skin's outer protective layer. And so when it comes to irritants, they remove the oils and natural moisturizing factor from the outer layer of your skin. And so with them doing that, that allows any chemical irritants to really penetrate your skin and trigger inflammation. And so for some people, they may react strongly to irritants after being exposed, maybe like just once, but then other people may develop signs and symptoms after repeatedly being exposed to to like even mild irritants. And this is caused by just being simply hypersensitive to chlorine and chlorine itself is a natural irritant so none of these chain reactions should be a surprise because it's a natural irritant and chlorine it also dries out your skin it can irritate any existing dermatitis that you already experience a chlorine it can actually indirectly contribute to allergies because of it irritating and making your respiratory tract sensitive and studies said that they have suggested that swimming a lot in chlorine chlorinated pools and just being exposed to cleaning products that have chlorine in them can actually increase your risk of developing asthma and other respiratory allergies both in kids and even in adults as well and they say that people with asthma um, allergic rhinitis you know those who have sensitive airways they might also experience um, some of the symptoms when they are exposed to chlorine if they have a chlorine sensitivity so like coughing especially at night or with exercise or when they're laughing a trouble breathing feeling like a tight feeling in the chest runny nose uh, wheezing feeling itchy sneezing having stuffy nose due to blockage or congestion symptoms like that so now the million dollar question is that if you are sensitive to chlorine, should you stop swimming? 
Well, the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology says no, but really rather find out what the cause is and treat the cause of your sensitivity and find relief. So some tips on how to be able to identify and combat skin, eye, and respiratory discomfort that's caused due to chlorine is rinsing your skin after each and every practice or each exposure to chlorine. So if you are on a swim team, then rinsing your skin off after you're done getting out of the water is going to be able to help with easing that discomfort. Uh, skin reactions to chlorine are just very uncomfortable and unpredictable, but fortunately they are not unavoidable. A simple way to really be able to help with keeping your skin clear and healthy is to rinse off immediately. So make sure that you are scrubbing thoroughly because chlorine can also leave a film behind and that film can continue to eat away at your skin even when you are not even in the pool anymore, which is crazy to actually think about. Also, it's also always helpful to apply moisturizing lotion to help with cleaning your skin to avoid any patches that are dry and irritated and hives, they can simply be relieved by rubbing Benadryl allergy relief cream or any allergy relief cream that's similar on that affected area. And really just the most important thing to remember is to keep your skin clean and hydrated whenever you're out of the pool because that's gonna help with minimizing that discomfort. Another tip is to rinse your eyes with cool water or saline drops. So those who have like sensitive eyes, they're more apt to have their eyes get easily irritated by chlorine and that can cause a lot of discomfort like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode. I didn't know this before researching this but the reason why even with goggles chlorine can still affect your eyes is because of the chlorine particles being in the air especially if you are in an indoor pool environment which is like super crazy to even think about that even though you have goggles on you still feel that sensation with your eyes burning. You're like, oh my goodness, like why is this happening to me? And then you're like, wow, the particles are in the air. Would not have even thought about that. It's so crazy. And to be able to get like a little bit of some relief, simply rinse your eyes with cool, fresh water to really help with any nightly irritation that usually can result from a two-hour afternoon practice. If you are a swimmer and you are on a swim team, I know you know you know. And if that doesn't help, then try using saline drops and applying those immediately after being in the pool or when that irritation, you feel that irritation feeling coming over you. And that can actually really help with making a difference in decreasing the pain and the itchiness that you experience. So when you go to the pool, make sure you keep eye drops in your swim bag, especially when you are exposed to chlorine and other harsh chemicals for like extended periods of time. Another tip is to move outdoors. So indoor pool areas, they tend to trap that chlorine gas inside and that can really intensify your reaction. So outdoor pools will really allow that chlorine to really disperse and not just be trapped in like one secluded area. Um, another tip is to get tested and treated for respiratory problems. Uh, respiratory sensitivities to chlorine, they can lead to a development of other lung problems like asthma. So getting that 
tested and treated earlier on is really going to be able to help you navigate those situations with chlorine so you kind of have a game plan put together um also if you're experiencing issues like a constant cough that kind of just seems like it's getting worse at night after swimming or if you have like a runny nose if you feel like a shortness of breath you know things along those lines it's really going to be important to consult with an allergist and the alternative solution would be to really just take a break from high intense training in chlorine However, this is usually like not an option for swimmers, but really being able to discuss solutions with your doctor may really just be the way to go. And, you know, there are a lot of different simple treatments out there. So whether that's allergy medication or inhalers that will really be able to help with reducing the inflammation in your lungs and get you breathing back to normal. But ultimately, make sure that you are staying in contact and having those discussions with your doctor and with your allergist to really be able to find out what situation and what solutions are the best for you. And the last tip, but it's the most important tip, is like I said, to visit an allergist. If you feel like you have a chlorine sensitivity, it's really just that's the time to see an allergist because when you get that testing, a doctor can really help you pinpoint your specific reaction and be able to help you treat it and make sure that you're able to swim comfortably. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and were able to get some value, be able to, you know, get some questions answered and really be able to find information that you might not have known before. Like I did not know that when you're in an indoor pool that chlorine gas gets trapped in it and that can help with making your sensitivity to chlorine like the symptoms that you have because of it even worse and that's like so crazy to even think about so I know I learned so much from doing research on this topic and so hopefully you guys learn just as much as me as well but if you guys enjoyed this episode make sure you hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform of choice make sure to give the podcast a follow on Instagram our Instagram handle is at oh my allergies my Instagram is at oh my Valencia make sure that you take the time to leave us a rating and review on apple Podcasts. hopefully it is five stars keep on sharing the podcast with people you know and don't know and i will talk to you guys in the next episode bye guys